Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
Geez, Bob, uh, I guess uh, I don't know whether to start with you or Caden. We, we both uh, just stopped and watched the, uh, the Holloway fight. Uh, Caden, you want to start with that? Sure, I'll start. Um, I, I really did not expect Yair Rodriguez to come out and really stun Mac, Mac Holloway like that in the first round. Um, I really thought he took, he took that first round. He was, he was throwing shots the entire fight. It was a slugfest. And, I mean, that just proves that I never count out like Yair Rodriguez. He does crazy stuff when he's cornered, and he's an amazing fighter, just like Matt Holloway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I didn't watch the fight live. I fell asleep halfway through the card. I got to sleep sometime. You know what I mean? And uh, But, yeah, I saw the highlights. And... Uh, uh, just, just amazing. You know what I mean. So, uh, Max Holloway, you know, claimed uh, his last fight that he was the best in the division, best boxer, and Yair really wanted to prove him wrong, and he came out of swinging. And man, they just exchanged back and forth the whole fight. What a, what a, a an action-packed fight. You know, when, he, when Rodriguez went down at uh, the first round, I thought, oh, this is it. It's going to be over in two rounds. But to watch him go all five rounds, watch those guys. I mean, you talk about true combatants. Man, they uh, they really did a, a great job. Ty, did you see any of it? Yeah, I watched the fight as well. It, it, it uh, so the one thing about Yara Rodriguez is he has a lot of diverse techniques that uh, stem in a lot of different types of of capoeira and different types of arts. And he, you know, makes it very dangerous. He has a you know, Hail Mary, the second knockout against the Korean Zombie a few years back. He has been in the cage since 2019. But I knew he was, from a style matchup, he was one of the more challenging style matchups uh, for Holloway, I felt, going in because he's so dynamic and explosive. What I thought would happen, I thought that he might catch Holloway a couple times, maybe even hurt Holloway or rock Holloway. But I figured Holloway would pull away later on as he does, which is what kind of essentially happened. Max pulled away. What surprised me, though, was um, Rodriguez's durability and his ability to stay within the fight. So even though you saw Max pulling away and Max had a moment where he looked like he might have uh, stopped him with ground and pound, it seemed like Dara always dug in and fought back. And towards the end of the fight, if you have actually paid attention to the last 30 seconds, Max Holloway wanted to hold on. That's why Max grabbed and put him up against the cage. Um, Max was essentially, you know, it's just a little overrated to say, but he was holding on for dear life because at that point in the fight, you know, he had just sustained that cut in a spinning back elbow. And at that point, he, he just he wasn't able to pull away and drown Rodriguez the way he drowns everybody else in activity. So what he had to literally do was hang on for the decision. So it was a great fight, and, and I was very impressed by uh, Rodriguez's performance. Yeah, the, the one question, let me ask you this. The one question I had was, at one point, he stunned Rodriguez. Was it the first or second round? Rodriguez just dropped his hand and, and went back against the, the cage. I thought he would go in for the finish right then and there. You, you can't do that with Rodriguez, though. Like like everyone has seen the highlight now of his last second, second stoppage of Korean Zombie, yeah. in which he was literally rolling under and threw an up elbow, a backwards up elbow. Like that's just a crazy technique. It's Baba tell you, it's not something anybody, you know, you really practice in, in the gyms like mm-hmm. that. So it's just he has these unorthodox techniques, and so you cannot just run in on on um, on on Rodriguez because. Not only punches, kicks, elbows, knees, all this stuff is coming from different angles. So Holloway has to step in and try to be aggressive, but at the same time, maintain his distance. And unlike mostly everyone else in the division, Yara Rodriguez is one of the few guys that is longer than Holloway as well. So he has to play it safe. I, I knew it was going to be a dangerous fight. I knew he was going to be able to build like he does when he throws multiple, multiple combinations because Rodriguez. Okay. Z, did you see it? No, 
No, no, I did not see it, but um, I'm quite familiar with both fighters to a certain extent. Uh, and when you talk about Max Holloway, you're talking about cardio. So anytime you're hanging with Max, then you have to have a measure of not only durability, which Ty mentioned, you have to have cardio too. You're not going to sit in there and because Max is a worker. Max is going to work you over however you usually on the feet. But I mean, however it's going to be, Max is a fighter like that. He handles, and you run into a lot of fighters who specialize in this and this and that. And mm-hmm. I want to say this much about Max. Max is a guy who is rare to see a guy to where who fights you wherever you want to take it. Okay. And Z hit it on the head with the cardio thing. I mean, most people tend to want something that somebody else has without working for it. And so I want to jump on that train, and I want Max Holloway's uh, cardio. I there you go. When you, step, when you step into the octagon with Max Holloway, you're half, you have to expect a long – you have to be in it for the long haul. You're not expecting a short fight. But that's the same thing when you, when you step into the octagon with Yair Rodriguez. you gotta, you got to realize he's a wild animal. You get him into a corner, he's going to throw whatever he has at you. And that's when he gets dangerous. And I think that's that's where Max Holloway didn't want to go and rush into the finish there in that first round. Okay. All right, Bob, what do you think about the, uh, the J.D. fight last week with uh, Chandler? Well, before we go there to last week, I want to round out with uh, this conversation with the prelims. Uh, we're talking elbows and not being able to practice those in the gym, which is tough, like like Ty said. Uh, but, you know, the beginning prelim, uh, Jung Da-un, uh, not to be confused with Young Da-dong, uh, but Jung Da-un beat uh, Kennedy, I can't pronounce the last name, with just strictly elbows. Got in close, got him to raise his hand. Came in just threw elbows at his face all the way up against the back of the cage, caught him with one, knocked him down with that. So there was a couple of real exciting prelim uh, uh, fights on this card. Now, moving towards next week or last week, uh, Gagey, I mean, what a specimen. And then uh, utmost, utmost respect, um, you know, for uh, Michael Chandler. Now, Chandler fought Oliveira for the uh, title, and he was in there. Now, Chandler's no joke. I can't believe he stayed in there and exchanged with Gagey like that. That's the way Gagey likes to fight, is in that pocket, staying in there and exchanging. Uh, Chandler took the brunt of it, but, man, he, he uh, that that was, if you're not a fight fan, that, that, that fight alone turned you into it. And uh, after this fight, you know, we've got a little jockeying on top uh, with uh, Poirier and, and uh, um Oliveira for the championship, but uh, I, I, Gagey should be next in line for that that belt. Okay. All right. I agree with Bob. Yeah, I think I think Gagey should be next. He was he's the number you know he was the number two ranked contender um, with Dustin Poirier at number one. Um, that fight was was absolutely insane. Um, it, it was a you know and it was funny. When I told Dito about the fight, Dito came over to my house and watched the fight the next day. I told him, I said, it's one of the most entertaining fights I've ever seen in my life. Entertaining. Was it a good fight? Well, how do you define good? If if I'm still teaching Muay Thai, I'm not telling my guys to learn their defense watching that fight. Oh, no, 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 no. It was an entertaining fight. Technically, I would have loved to see somebody roll with punches, kind of turn their shoulders a little bit, pivot here and there. Um, man, that was that was just that was a hell of a war. It, that's what it was. It was a hell of a war. It was. It, it was. Just, I mean, my mouth was. I was literally on the edge of my the whole fight. And you know, the funny thing is, is right after that fight, there was another war between. Um, Billy Quantillo and, and Shane Ferguson. Nobody even remembers that fight. Like the, the yeah. Chandler Gagey fight shut the card down. Everything that yeah. happened after that fight was essentially just consequential. That was, I mean, <laughs> you're just, 
You just don't see you don't see that. You know why? Because you don't see guys, first of all, with the level of durability, not only physically but mentally, to stand in the pocket and just to bomb away at each other. Somebody usually gives, you know, takes a step back, has to get out, you know, clear their head, and you just kind of didn't see that. So that was, that was, that was, wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Kate, do you have anything on that? Oh, yeah. Um, I watched that fight live. Um, I remember, I remember the anticipation, the an- anticipation to that fight. Um, I always loved seeing Justin Gaethje go out there. And uh, throw hands. And when when he goes, when he, when he sets into the octagon, you know it's going to be an amazing fight. I mean, you talk about uh, endurance, you talk about strength, you talk about an amazing chin. Holloway is not the only name that goes into that category. You cannot forget about Justin Gaethje. Um, and I mean, that, he has that tough minor skin. I mean, did you see after the fight, he didn't have a scratch on him? Um, no. And he was that was crazy. That was it was amazing. It was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Not a scratch on him. He wasn't even bleeding. Did you see the picture of uh, Ian Taylor in the hospital after the fight? Yeah, that, that's, that's what they talked talking about. Taylor, man, yeah. like that made no sense to me. Taylor's face looked like it had to be put back together. Mm-hmm. It looked like he just got out of the shower. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Justin Gaethje doesn't right. breathe. Let's move on to the uh, Usman uh, Covington fight. Uh, who wants to start with that, Bob? I'll start, but to jump right from Gagey to that fight is is uh, not doing the rest of the card any justice. Uh-huh. All right, there, there's so much more on that card to be talked about. You know what I mean? Um, but go ahead with that card. Go ahead with the card that you have. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I want to go to that whole card. I mean, you go into uh, the the beginning um, prelims on that. Uh, we were talking, you know, so some heavyweight fights. We were talking off air. Um, anytime a man over 265 gets his leg in the air like that, and I don't care if you're a ballerina oh, or, yeah. or whatever, yeah, but Chris Barnett over 265 through a, a wheel kick, and if you don't know what that is, it's a pretty dang acrobatic kick, uh, and uh, that was that was amazing to see a heavyweight throw that kick. Um, hey, hey, but not only is yeah. he over 265, but he's like five eight 265. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like he's six foot, two, you know, six three 265. He's like five eight. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a bowl of fun right there. I, I, like we like to say, tons of fun. Where I'm back from, you know what I mean. So, um, but yeah, he he brought in just some amazing acrobatic stuff. So, and then um, there was there, there's even more to talk about Dustin Jacoby and some other stuff on the prelims or the early prelims. But jumping forward into the prelim card. Um, you know, you got Chris Curtis versus Phil Hawes. That was a big upset. Um, I mean, just an amazing fight. Bobby Green versus Alakuta. Say again, Ty? No, I said Hawes actually started strong in that fight, too, before he got caught. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that kind of turned around. I mean, the thing is, Phil, Phil Hawes came out and was dominating. I mean, landing everything. Yeah. And these are big boys, yeah. too. These are middleweights. And and it would look like a completely one-sided fight. Like, oh, my God, why is this guy even in this ring with this fella? And then I think it was first round, uh, right towards the end of the round, just out of nowhere, just one big shot ended it all. Yep. And, and, again, yep. that is that kind of fight is, is the exact epitome of uh, a puncher's chance um, because it was – literally dominated one way and uh he just held his ground stayed in there stayed in that pocket took the punishment landed the one big blow and and come out with the victory um jumping that forward to Bobby USA Green debut too oh yeah it was it was amazing you know and, and everyone yeah, it was like, like he didn't belong in the UFC for his debut I, like it's his first fight and it's literally a minute in the fight it's like this guy should be in the UFC 
So. Yeah, like who did he know? Like he somehow got in there, you know, knowing yeah. somebody. He he done proved himself towards the end of the round. Um, Bobby Green versus Isla Quinta. Anybody see that one? That was phenomenal. I did. I saw that fight. Uh, anybody want to throw anything surprised. out about that one? Dude? Yeah. I, I, I thought it would go three rounds of a nice kickboxing match. I did not think Bobby Green is not known to get stoppages like that. And Ally Quinta is known to be very tough. It's not coming at all. Yeah. And so that was a Then I uh, won to Alex Pereira versus Andrew Mike. That, that was a great fight. But then onto the main card. Um, get, you know, and then main cards are paying seventy bucks for that, and the first fight of the night is the Jamie versus Chandler. Worth it, yeah. worth it. One fight, yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, when was the next fight with Shane Burgos versus Billy Quant? That was a great fight. Ended up going uh, yep. all three rounds um, for the decision. Moving forward to that, Marlon Vera over Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar is a beast. You know, you know what I mean. That that was an amazing fight. Um, back and forth, uh, huge exchanges. Um, again, all, went almost all the way to the end of the uh, uh, 15 minutes, but ended up getting the stop at 350 in round three uh, with the TKO or KO. Um, go ahead. And then. Then onto the the women's strawweight co-main event, Rose Nanamnudas against Willie Zhang. Now that was a rematch. Uh, Rose uh, got her with a head kick last time. Zhang was the champ. I mean, uh, most decorated female Chinese uh, uh, combatant, and what a beast! I mean, she's gone against Joe Check. She's gone against. I mean, what a phenomenal fighter! And Rose did not bring it like she did last time. So I was really. I mean, there was times where I thought Zhang was going to win that. Um, Rose was just kind of cruising through and kind of, I mean, she's a great fighter, but she just didn't come in with that killer instinct this time. You know, that, that, uh, that fight was um, just, just as far as in MMA community message boards and stuff, the skills on that fight was highly debated. Uh, I thought Rose looked it, but, but uh, you know, going online a little later on, it's still to this day, seems a lot of people thought Wally Zhang won that fight. Yeah, so that was uh, pretty confident. Again, it was still a great fight, and and one of those things that you know where y- you being the champ carries a little bit weight with the judges, I think. Um, and then on to the main event, Colby trash talk Covington uh, against Carmen Usman, and again Dana White said it: if there was no such thing as Carmen Usman, yep. Covington runs that division. You, you know what yep. I mean? Uh, Covington's phenomenal uh, grappling, phenomenal conditioning, uh, D1 wrestler, but Carmanus is just just a better man. And, and and out of out of the whole fight, the thing that impressed me the most was after the fight, Covington coming up and whispering to Usman, you know, hey, you know, nothing but mad respect. You're a great fighter. You know, I'm just trying to get paid. And so that was cool. Again, putting on all the trash talk as part of the show. Um, everyone thought they just had the wicked bad blood, but again, Covington's trying to pull the the internet troll in, I guess, thing and and get some more money yeah, out of it. But went to the post fight press conference, he started being like, they were like, "Hey, you shook his hand." He was like, "I don't respect that guy. He's a cheater." And it was like, "Okay, <laughs> like and so you know, but what do you, what do you, look? So he just lost to the champ twice. I mean, great fight each time. He's obviously the second best guy in the division. I said that last week. Clearly the second best guy in the division. But how do you get a third match no matter how, how good those fights are when you lose to the same guy twice, right? Well, yeah. start selling your, start selling the fight down. He's he grabbed my gloves. He held the cage. Yada, yada, yada. So that's what Cubby's going to do. Carmen Usman but, might yeah. be the greatest welterweight of all time. I heard I heard talks of him being the greatest welterweight of all time, challenging uh, GSP obviously. Um, but if if Carmen uh, Usman stays on this warpath of the welterweight division, I I don't I don't see that uh, that statement being false. Carmen Usman is a different beast. He's a whole different animal than anybody I've ever seen. 
Usman has the longest winning streak. Well, he's behind Anderson Silva as far as the longest winning streak in the UFC. To, to me, oh, yeah. And so it's it's probably going to stay that way. The best and being the greatest, right? Come on, Usman head-to-head may be able to beat any welterweight in the history of the division. But to be the greatest, well, and I was never a GSP fan. I like Kamal Usman way better than I ever liked GSP. It just wasn't my guy. However, Kamal Usman just defended the title for his fourth time. GSP's got nine. And he went up to middleweight and won a title. So, I mean, the fact that you can start to talk about Kamal Usman legitimately in the same breath as GSP, I think, is a coup. Uh, the one thing you have to consider, though, is Kamal Usman is 34 years old. He's openly talked about walking away from the game at the top of his head. So, I mean, to stick around long enough to accomplish the thing, put himself firmly and trust himself as the greatest. Not necessarily the best, but the greatest. So it could be interesting. I think you're right. I mean, five more defenses. The guy racked up three in the last, like, 18 months. So who knows? Yeah, Usman's on like uh, some know, some crazy 18 fight win streak. His record's 20 and one and, yeah. and oh, yeah. um, I mean, and the people he's fought. I mean, his last fight, uh, Colby Covington, of course, onto Jorge Masvidal, onto Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal again, Colby Covington again, Tyrone Woodley, Rafael Dos Anjos. I mean, Damian Maya. The, the 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 people he has beat. Leon Edwards. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. This guy is in a class above the class. I mean, he's just yeah. specimen. That, that Sean Strickland win is aged very well, as well as the Leon Edwards win. Those ones have aged yeah. well because those guys are proven to be studs. So. Oh, man. Talking about the uh, past fight that just happened, I would absolutely yes. love to talk about Canelo uh, <laughs> Alvarez and Caleb Plant. Um, the first thing is, all I want to say is, Caleb Plant, he did better than I thought he would. To be totally honest, he did better than I thought he would. Uh, with that said, he did exactly. What I thought, I, I mean, it happened the way I, exactly I thought it would happen. And if I'm correct, I, I spoke on that. Caleb Plant, he he fought good with his feet and his fist. He's sweet hands. And, my, my, and, and you know, I, I'm going to correct myself. He fought good with his fist. He fought the best he could have against Canelo, the opponent he had with his fist. His name is Sweet Hands. And me and Ty were talking about it, and his name is Sweet Hands. Not Sweet Feet. It's not Sweet Caleb. Like, totally Sweet Caleb. His name is Sweet Hands. And what we saw was that's about the extent of his sweetness. And when you're dealing with somebody like Canelo to the level of Canelo, you need to be sweet. And really... The feet will help you more than the hand, as as we saw with Danny Jacobs. Gennady Golovkin, to a certain extent, and uh, Erzlande Lord. We saw with those guys, they had now, we're dealing with Gennady Golovkin, who had a threat of a jab and, you know, some power. Danny Jacobs, likewise. Erzlande Lord, he's just a master boxer, so he just had really good foot movement. Caleb Plant had none of those. And if you have none of those, what you turn into, you turn into the past three long guys that Canelo has fought. I'm sorry, four long four long guys. You're the fourth. He's the fourth. Canelo dealt with Kovalev, uh, Smith, um, Saunders. And now you know, he he turned into that mode. And the worst part about it is this: he had no threat. Kovalev had a threat that Canelo. I'm sorry, Caleb Plant did have a threat. 
The sweet hands. The sweet hands were the threat. His feet aren't sweet. And Canelo was, I, I saw since round, the end of round one, I said, uh-oh. Two things I saw. I saw. I said, Canelo, he's cutting the ring off fairly easily. And when he cuts the ring off, he's getting no resistance. He's getting no resistance. And Caleb Plant, he couldn't hold Canelo. When he tried to wrap Canelo up, Canelo, uh, he fought through the hole. I love. First of all, I love that. Just, just in training and in any sort of boxing, I always, even when I when I teach it, no grown man holds you. It, no grown man is supposed to hold you. We we have gloves and stuff on. We're not doing that when it comes to boxing. Then, comes to boxing, nobody's supposed to hold you. So you can fight through. You bring your elbows together. And you can, when when you bring your elbows together, they, people can clench your arms and everything. You can bring your elbows together and use your shoulders. There's there are ways to get away from people grabbing and clenching. Now, everyone to a certain extent, once you go through a bout, you're going to clench mutually for some rest. That is one thing. But if you're not, you know, it's not you know a, a guaranteed thing. In boxing, you you know it. You don't people. I, I watch, especially, and I'm not going to try to characterize, but Mexican fighters are pretty good at that. I've seen Margarito do that. I've seen Chavez do that. And Canelo on on that night, he he wasn't he wasn't holding. So when you make a fighter that uncomfortable with Caleb Plant, a foot moving guy who can use his fist, but his feet are choppable. You're not going to ever deal with uh, somebody like Canelo, so it was it was just bound to happen. Well, let me ask you: Do you think when, when you saw the fight and you saw the you saw it saw the start, did you think that Plant was going to go a full seven rounds, or did you think it was going to be over early? I thought that uh, after watching the fight for a little while, I thought Plant was going to make it maybe to a decision. I thought it was going to get stopped. As I was watching it, I was like, it was just a matter of time. But when it got to the 10th round, I thought Caleb Plant was going to probably make it to a decision. Um, just because he, he fought a good fight. His fists were good enough to keep Canelo kind of honest defensively. Uh, his feet were always trappable, and Canelo was left hook happy. And when somebody is mm-hmm. left hook happy, I usually think that, oh, well, this just going to be a matter of time before they drop the right. And mm-hmm. what ended up happening was when it came out to the 11th round, Canelo, he changed it up slightly. He was stiff throwing his left hook. The whole time during the fight, he was upright throwing his left hook. He was always he was upright throwing it to the body, to the head. He was upright. He never changed his levels too much throwing his left hook. He was aggressive, mm-hmm. but even when he trapped Billy Joe, he was he was upright throwing his left hook, body head. The beginning of that mm-hmm. eleventh round, he looked like Joe Frazier. So when he hit mm-hmm. uh, Billy Joe with that left hook that started, it came from a Joe Frazier. It reminded me of Joe Frazier hitting Ali in the fifteenth round of the first mm-hmm. fight. Uh, he, he, he bobbed and weaved his head, and he came up with the left hook off of a weave. And he clipped mm-hmm. Billy Joe, and Billy Joe leaned to his uh, – well, he leaned, and when he leaned, he leaned to Canelo's right hand. And he leaned right mm-hmm. into Canelo, bringing the uppercut up. So, I mean, that that was – and it seems to me that Canelo was seeming to do that more often. He's, he's beginning mm-hmm. to figure fighters out. And it's taking him a minute, and it's taking him from touching on, but he's beginning to figure fighters out, and that's dangerous. Okay. All right, now I got a, a question for Todd. Yeah. This uh, kind of shocked me. On Wednesday, Jesse Vargas announced he's running for Congress in Vegas. I did hear that. <laughs> All right. What, number one, what do you think his, his chances are? And number two, 
Is he doing this for a paycheck, or is he just uh, can't get back to get any fights? No, I mean, because he still has a fight lined up. I forget who he's supposed to fight offhand, but it's somebody that we're familiar with. I just forget offhand who he's supposed to fight. Um, but he does have a fight lined up. The fight has not been called off yet, but he had been speaking about political aspirations for some time um, before he ran. So this, is, this isn't out the blue. Uh, if, if you've paid attention to Jesse Vargas, not that many boxing fans do at this point, but if you paid any attention, he has – talked about running for office one day so this, this is not surprising um i think this is something he wants to do as far as where his boxing career goes he's kind of at a stagnant place in his boxing career anyway he was moving up to 154 the fact of the matter is jesse vargas is not a a, a title or championship contender at 154 um, and he's getting a little up there, too, in years for a fighter, right? Jesse's now in his 30s. So uh, this could be his end game to the sport. It'll be interesting in the next uh, couple weeks to see if his fight is called off. I for, again, I forget who it was with, but it was with somebody that, again, we're, we're familiar with. So it'll be interesting to see if it's called off. But as far as I know, he's pretty serious about uh, his congressional run. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, Caden, uh, on the... Uh... The 18th of uh, December, uh, Jake, Jake Paul, who is uh, Bob's very favorite fighter, and uh, oh, yeah. Tommy, uh, Tommy Fury are going to be fighting here in Tampa. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, you know what else I heard about that fight card? Uh, uh, running back Frank Gore is also fighting in the undercard of that fight. Zito, I meant to tell you that he's for, Frank Gore is fighting former basketball player Deron Williams. So there you go. Frank Gore. Who, who's Frank yeah, Gore fighting? Uh, I mean, remember the former basketball player Deron Williams, the point guard? Oh, that, that, uh, you should play for Utah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oh, man, Jerry Sloan had the problem with uh, Darren Williams. Mm-hmm. Yep, so they're, they're, they're oh, that, that's why it was a major. Are you serious? Yeah, no, quite serious. Jade just said Frank Gore is fighting, and I meant to tell you he's fighting Darren Williams. <laughs> I meant to tell you that this week when I said Frank Are they fighting? Where, where are they fighting at? Are they are they boxing? Are they uh like no boxing? No, they're boxing. They're boxing. Yeah, they're boxing at the uh, boxing, boxing on a thriller on, on Jake Paul's undercard. I'm pretty sure they're boxing oh, at uh, Emily Arena in the undercard of yeah Jake Paul Tommy Fury. Yeah. And my oh, just to let you know, if Jake Paul beats Tommy Fury, he'll say he beat a boxer. Tommy Fury is horrible. I mean, he's, he, you know, he, he's Tyson Fury's half-brother, so he has a name. You know, he's a little taller, not, you know, Tyson Fury tall, but he's a novice himself, and, and I mean, he just, he's not, he doesn't look like, he doesn't look like he's good. Not saying that he won't beat Jake Paul, but if Jake Paul beats him, he'll beat a boxer who has more experience than him. But, uh, Tommy he's, Fury, you know, he, he, he's Tyson Fury's people, right? He's Tyson Fury's half-brother. Seven and zero okay. with four knockouts. He fought on the undercard of Jake Paul and Tyron Whitley. He looked horrible. It's not the first time I've seen him fight. I've never been impressed with him. Like I'm impressed with Yui Fury, not impressed with Tom yeah. Fury. And Jake Paul's mm-hmm. team picked him there we for reasons. Mm-hmm. So what I'm gonna say is what I'm gonna say is this: Yui um, Fury is who I was thinking about. I've seen Tommy Fury one time, and I. I mean, his opposition didn't look too good, so he looked, I guess, better than. Tommy, how many now? How big is he? That's a he's, good question. He's like, he's like six, six four. four. I mean, he's tall. He's 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 he's, he's fighting that you know he's fighting that heavyweight or cruiserweight. He's a big guy. I mean, he's he's bigger than Jake Paul. He's just a okay. novice, though. I mean, he did you know from experience. Jake Paul is. Yeah, he's just a novice. I mean, he's got more okay. fights than Jake Paul, and again, he's fought real boxers. So okay. I, I kind of favor him, but I'm also smart enough, a smart enough businessman to know that a businessman makes business choices, business decisions. No, and if you have no. a brand, you make, oh. you make decisions that are good for the brand. The, the, the way that comes out, I mean, and I'm going to say this much, the way that comes out, it sounds 
like it might not be a legitimate thing. No, and, I think and it's I say that just because I, 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 I was surprised that Tommy Fury won. But what I'm saying is, the way I'm saying it is, as a businessman, you mitigate risk. So if I have a brand, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and make sure I don't risk the brand. Tommy Fury, even though it's a, it's a real fight and he's a real boxer, yeah. it's a he's smart a choice because he's not he's a really good boxer threat. at all. Well, well here's the, there you he's go. not a good boxer. He's not a threat as much, but when you have, he's more seasoned than Jake Paul. Now, exactly. you look on film, you look on film, and film dictates a lot of what happens on paper. So film, this guy, he looks like this, and this, and this, and that. My first thing mm-hmm. is this. Tommy Fury has fought more boxers. He's yep. done more boxing than Jake Paul. And if, as far as I'm concerned, he's fought better competition in the drama boxing. So yep. in those times, right there and now, he met, now the more important thing to me, he matches up size wise, if not bigger. This is what I wanted to say. This is what I wanted to say. I didn't want to see Jake Paul get necessarily get smashed on by Mike Tyson. I wanted to get tested. I wanted to see if it's going to be a real thing. Because now, if he goes out there and he works out and handles uh, Tommy Fury, now I can consider something as far as his his legitimacy. Because right now, he's garbage. I'm I'm sorry to even say in the realm of boxing. Boxing terms, he's garbage. He's he's null and void. He's fighting guys who don't box. And when you do that, like, Come on. I mean, even Tyron Woodley, who I thought really eked out a draw. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I can't, like, Tommy Fury is going to give you more credibility in the terms of boxing. And, and the, mm-hmm. you know, and it should I give him a better fight. He absolutely should give him a better fight. And like you said, not know Tommy Fury at 7 and 0 and 4 KOs, right? He's not. You know, horrible boxing competition. Boxers. And and I think exactly. most of the guys on Tommy Fury's record is there is an eight-minute round of Cyborg knocked her out, but you know what? What I don't like about Cyborg, um, mm-hmm. 
Cyborg has all the skills in the world. She is one of the mm-hmm. most West, uh, well-rounded, technically astute fighters in the world. But she leverages her chin and her power too much for me. And it cost her against Nunez. Shamos is a great example. It cost her against against Nunez. And, you know, she she, she attacked this girl. She put herself out of position. The girl spun her back to the cage. The girl hit her with Mm -hmm. a left hook. Cyborg just ran through it and hit her with a right in an exchange and dropped her. But... Mm -hmm. See that, and you're, and you're like, you know, if, 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 if Amanda Nunez is a different animal, but because she went to, I, I remember before the fight when she said to Amanda Nunez, she said, you think you're the pressure or I'm the pressure? She goes, what are you going to do when you hit me and I stay in your face? And I was like, cyborg feet. I don't like when I hear fighters talk about their durability and their chance before a fight because what that lets mm-hmm. me know is you're planning on leveraging your chin to win this fight. That's that's mm-hmm. that's that's a failing that's a failing strategy. And so Cyborg threw this girl away. But if you watch the, the you know the I was gonna say the last couple seconds of the fight, the fight was like forty seconds, right? If you watch the ending sequence though, you'll see Cyborg in that last change you caught with a clean left hook that she just shrugged off. That just it just kept punching. You see her get tossed out of position and put it against the cage where uh, and Amanda Nunez takes advantage of that. So I just hate when she gets a little berserker. I, I hate when Cyborg goes berserker. But, I mean, she, she, she does. At 36 years old, she's still doing it. You remember that Holly Holm fight? Cyborg and Holly yeah. Holm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that right there told me a lot. And I think Cyborg won by decision. Razor uh, thin yeah. decision to make. And no, it, it was clean. It was, it was like the clear. It was clear. But it was clean. It was clean, but it was competitively sent to me. To me, it was competitively sent. The reason why it was competitive, it, it was clear because Holly did no damage. It was competitive because what Cyborg would do is when she would berserk forward, Holly would grab her, turn her up against the cage, it, it hold her, it clinch her. Exactly. So what she did, she nullified her a lot. Exactly. The moment Cyborg got herself out of position, Holly's not a wrestler, so she couldn't get the takedowns. But mm-hmm. the, and Holly's a big, strong girl. People forget exactly. That. And, and that's what told me Holly, everything. Yeah, the moment Holly got her out of position, she would just wrap her up, and 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 she would try. She was trying to grind out a victory against the cage. She just didn't get enough done. But that's how she was able to, to stay in the fight for five rounds because Cyborg put herself out of position. <laughs> And one thing I saw in that Holly Holm fight was Cyborg couldn't just bully her way through Holly Holm. No, Holly's mm-hmm. too big, too too good, too and, big, too good. Holly's too good, and she's, she's sizable enough. And yeah. when you run into fighters like that, where you just can't do what you want to do, you have to adjust. You have to have a plan B. And, you know, and that's my problem Cyborg with never like has, has a plan B. Down. No, she has a plan B. She'll take you down. She'll ground you. The problem with Cyborg is, is that plan A has never not worked except against a man to do that. When it didn't work against Holly Holm, she wasn't going to take Holly Holm down. She was, you know what I mean? She was, she was able to nullify a lot of stuff that Holly Holm did, and I always thought if they fought again, Holly would beat her. I always thought that. But mm-hmm. I think hey, if they fought again, Holly would have more confidence. See, you know, it's funny. You were talking, you were talking about Caleb Plant, and he really needs to change his name. His name should be Caleb Plant because he has played oh, Plant his feet mm-hmm. in the canvas to punch. Mm-hmm. Holly Holmes is probably Holly Holmes. I mean, she has to have to get to right to the plan. And against Cyborg, because Cyborg is an astute counter puncher, too. He kind of. So Holly just didn't have the confidence to let her. You know, Holly throws a lot of air combinations, and, and she would throw the air combinations, get in, and kind of push Cyborg up against the fence. But she's just she's not a damaging fighter unless she's fighting Ronda Rousey. You know? And, and I, I, thought, I think a second fight against Cyborg, she would have saw some things that, that should have capitalized him. She would have maybe Ronda Rousey because Cyborg is a rush in fighter. Cyborg, yep. she's a rush in. Cyborg's going to come forward no matter what. And I think in the second fight, Heidi Holmes, the way she is, she would have been able to steer her into something. I, I'm, I'm certain that she, she 
could have put up a. I, I'm not going to say win, but she damn sure could have, you know, put her. She would have been much more competitive. Much more competitive, if not one. I mean, I'm just thinking size wise, if not win. But. Bob, what do you think about uh, uh, Bellator 271, Coker versus Harrison? <clears throat> Me? Yeah, I mean, uh, she's. Are we still talking about Cyborg? She's she's a force to be reckoned with. She's a beast. Yeah, and then we're thirty six now. Yeah, I'm getting an echo, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I was talking about Coker versus Harrison. Oh, okay. Oh, I, which I got to kind of – yeah, it wasn't Coker versus Harrison. What it is is Scott Coker, the president of the Bella, Taylor Harrison, the uh, the signing uh, PFL two-time women's champion uh, sitting front row at K-side. Coker's trying to sign Harrison to come over to Bella. Mm-hmm. She's a prize free agent. Um, Dana White has, has kind of – you know, she's a big free agent, but Dana White's like, oh, we, I don't know. I mean, she's not that valuable to us. But, you know, he says that in the media to, mm-hmm. to bring down the, the bargaining price. But uh, that's what it's about. Is she was at cage side for Cyborg's fight because if she comes to to uh, Bellator or over from PFL, then the fight to make would be her against Cyborg. Okay. I guess they're running out of time here. But uh, how about uh, Kel Brooks is uh... – Announced that he's got a fight uh, with uh, Amir Khan. I know that's one of your one you like to follow, Kai. That fight is so past his expiration date, past his sell date, man. That that that, that, that fight is literally like freaking three year old milk now. It's just just thrown away. It's it's, it's so spoiled and rotten. It it won't be what it should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh-huh. Katie. Katie. What do you think, Katie? Oh, me. Uh, yeah. Now, these two fighting now. Yeah, the British fans are so so pissed off right now. I mean, they they get it, so they're I guess they're halfway pissed on it. But I mean, to be real, this is, for British fans, this is like Floyd and, and Pacquiao fight when they did. I mean, it, it's so. I mean, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you ask me who I think is going to win, eh, nobody. I mean, they, they're both going to win. They're going to make not money, but especially oh, not the no. fans. <laughs> Especially not the fans. We already exactly. lost. I mean, I mean, yeah, we all like, like we we lost two years ago, maybe three years ago. The yeah. best of these and guys. And make no mistake, it's Khan's fault, a hundred percent, that this fight did not come off. Kel Brook always wanted this fight to the point where he's kind of desperate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Khan was the money guy, and because Khan was the money guy, Khan could always say no. And for Khan, Kel Brook was a very dangerous fight with a guy who was lower in stature uh, internationally and in Britain. You know what I mean? Because Khan's the one who won the gold medal. He's the golden boy. But that was a fight that most people thought he was going to lose, but they, you know, a lot of people thought he was going to lose that fight. Um, and for him, even though it always that's huge in the U.K., as we all know, Khan spent the last whole half of his career partner around oh. trying to get Pacquiao and Mayweather fights. And every time Kel Brook's name would be mentioned, he'd be like, well, who's Kel Brook? And so now that they both got knocked out by, by Terrence Crawford, I, and it's funny, I, the, the day I read it mm. online, I was like, oh, typical American. He was like, now would be a great time for the Kel Brook fight. I was like, yeah, you guys got nothing? Of course now, Amir. You got nothing else going on? Yes, of course now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he looks vulnerable. Yes, now's the perfect time of year. Yeah, nobody cares about either one of you guys now, and he uh-uh. thinks to beat him now. Yep, perfect time. So that's what that is. That's the match. And they're not even concentrating on them in, in, in England. And the crazy thing is, 
And, and if you want me to break the fight down, to be honest, nobody Nobody wins. I have, uh, yeah, I have no idea what either one has left. And this, the other thing too is if they do fight, is the fight at 147? Is it at 154? Yeah, we know Kel Brook basically is. A, I mean, you saw his last performance at 147 against uh, against Terrence Crawford. Not that Terrence Crawford isn't good, but Kel Brook looked a little better at 154. So. Uh, and now that you said that, Ty, now that you said that, if the fight's at 147, I, I'm going to favor America. If it's at one, if it's anywhere over 147 and a catch weight, I'm going to favor Cal Brook. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, I, I, I don't see, I mean, I don't see any guy being as sharp. And there are times fans he's not sharp. Kel Brook is sharp, but like about now his timing's off and he's a little older. I I see a, like a sloppy fight where nobody is. Kel Brook's trying to reach Americon and he's not getting to him. Americon is trying not to reach Kel Brook and not getting to him. I, I just see a sloppy decision to where nobody cares who wins. Yes, it's a sloppy decision for them to sign this fight. I agree. That's a sloppy decision. Nobody cares who wins. Where does the victor go? Money. Paycheck. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, it takes us right up to the end of our, our hour. Uh, Z, I want to thank you for coming on and, and uh, always having to be prepared. Ty, Caden, uh, you did a great job tonight. Bob, you always do a good job, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Caden, you want to leave us out? Um, yeah, um, I, I just want to say thank you for um, having me on the show once again. Um, thank you for – we have a full, full – uh, do we have a full crew tonight? Yes, we did. All right, that's good. Yeah, yep. Thank you all for coming out. Um, mm. I'll pass it on to someone else. Okay, Z. Absolutely, oh man! I want to thank Kate, Kaden. I mean, you you coming through, Kaden? I, I really like you on the show. <laughs> Real talk. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Bob is always. I mean, shoot, Ty, Butch, uh, all my fighting with his family. These shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Coach Mellon, Doctor Chris. Anybody wants to hear any fighting words, please do call. Ty. Always a pleasure, team, fighting words. Enjoy the boxing matches tonight. Benavidez against Kyron Davis. Munguia against Gabe Rosado. So we got a couple of good fights on tonight if you're interested. Everybody enjoy their week. Which is our, I'm sorry, Uncle Mel is our, Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Bell is watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Enjoy your week. Okay, bud. Again, always great to have the whole family on, uh, uh, our Fight Works family, um, Ty, Zito, Hayden, uh, you're doing awesome. Thanks for backing up with the UFC. It, it just It's great to hear the excitement in your voice about these fighters and stuff. Um, and, uh, again, God bless everyone this week, and, and thank you for our veterans, and happy Veterans Day to everyone that served. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let everybody know that uh, Caden is uh, 14 years old, and uh, but he is a he is definitely a, a person that studies uh, everything before he gets on the air with us. So I appreciate uh, everybody's time, and uh, especially uh, uh, getting given the time up here tonight to be with us. Um, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, men and women police and fire services. Men and women on the first line of COVID, the hospital workers, and the, the uh, people at the supermarket. These are programs are also dedicated to those who have lost their lives in line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jack, Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Bridinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Sergeant Thomas <clears throat> Riley, uh, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Henner. Sergeant Toms Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, 
Deputy uh, Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Chris Levick, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Arnolfo Crispin, Lakeland PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerber, Newcastle County Police. Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Captain Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. <clears throat> Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Hogle, Longwood Key Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, although you may be 10-7 at this point in time, at some time we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, when the roads rise up to meet you, may the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall saltly on your, on your fields, and the sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hands.
Thank you, Bob. We love you. We miss you.